Oh shit. Here we go again. What it do, ballers? We're back. Dougie is here. Sorry I missed you guys last week. We got Jake and Vinny in the booth, and we have a special guest. I think he's the second person we've had on for two episodes. Chris, who has uh, completely transformed Jake's golf swing, along with a bunch of other folks up in the Northeast. Chris, welcome to the show. What's up, man? Thanks, guys, for having me. What is good? You know, Tiger's going to win this weekend. Um, we're a couple weeks away from the Masters. Feels good. Um, Benny has a new driver in the bag, new, new shaft, again. <laughs> um, you know, he's tinkering. We, we, he's the Bryson DeChambeau of our team. Um, so we don't we don't hate him for that. But, uh, yeah, things are good, man. What is the weather like up in Jersey? It's got to be getting cold right now. Oh, dude. It is. Um, it's getting there. We're getting shorter days. But, um, you know, weather's okay. And uh, still being able to get some golf in in the afternoons, which is nice. Nice, nice. Well, uh, we got a pretty packed episode here. We're going to be talking uh, about last week at the CJ Cup at Shadow Creek. And then we're going to talk a little bit about the Zozo Championship this week and Tiger going for a record-breaking win on the PGA Tour. We will also close out the episode with a little bit of the, the club champion, Pine Forest Club Championship talk. Vinny... Joined the club last week, like Thursday and Friday, was in the club championship. So <laughs> we uh, we got to talk a little bit about that at the end. But uh, let's get into some PGA Tour talk. Vinny, you are still in first place. You took Patty Cantlay last week. He kind of finished down around the bottom of the pack, right? Yeah, not ideal. Middle of the pack. I think he was like a T35, somewhere in there. Um, what's the uh, what's the overall standings looking right now? With, what, with four weeks left, three weeks left? Three weeks left. So it goes uh, Zozo. Then Houston Open, then the Masters. That's it. Wow. wow. So another, you know, limited field, no-cut event this week with a pretty high payout. So I think, obviously, the goal is to uh, to not lose any, any ground this week, especially. Yeah, it's a big one for you. I, uh, I I saw that. Well, actually, I, I know. We're, they're allowing fans at the Houston Open this year. So we actually got early access to some tickets today. So we're going to be going. I'm going to be out there Friday and Saturday. So I'm pretty pumped to see some live golf. It's going to be interesting. I think they're only letting like 2,000 people out there every round. Um, and so that'll be fun to get out there the week before the Masters. Uh, and I just actually booked Masters weekend, didn't realize, but going down to or up to North Carolina to visit Morgan and my sister and her fiance. So I'm going to get down to Pinehurst again and play some golf down there. So I'm pretty pumped. Uh, may have to hit Tobacco Road as well while we're there. Um, all right, let's talk CJ Cup, Shadow Creek, beautiful golf course out in Las Vegas. Obviously, normally out in the Asian swing part of the year, but because of COVID, they took it to Shadow Creek, which is home to quite a few uh, PGA pros that are living in Vegas. Now, I didn't realize. I thought most guys were down in, in Florida or in Arizona, but there's, there's quite a few that are actually in Vegas now. Um, and Jason Kokrak is one of those guys. He got his first win on the PGA Tour, uh, been on the tour for a long time, a guy who has... Uh, been around the leaderboard the last couple of years, but just wasn't able to get his win. And and here he is, got his first win, which comes along with uh, a couple of years exemption into the Masters and all the other majors for next year. Uh, fun fact, it does not qualify him for the, the Masters in three weeks. 
but I believe he had already qualified due to his world ranking and some other things. But people like Daniel Berger, who were having the best year of his career, is not playing in the Masters right now. There's some special exemptions that may be coming out, but that's something we can talk about at a later date. Uh, boys, I'm going to leave the floor open here. What do we think about uh, CJ Cup? And, and more importantly, what do we think about it being in Vegas uh, at that course instead of out in, uh, in, in the Asia Pacific? Yeah, I mean, I'll jump in first. I think that, I mean, we saw um, Shadow Creek for the match, the first match with right. Phil and Tiger. And, you know, honestly, I didn't think it showed very well for for that particular like venue I, we, everybody thought it was going to be really cool and for whatever reason i don't know if it was because the golf wasn't really that good um that was well documented and because it was kind of the first time that they were covering a match that way it was really hard to get a sense of like what was going on and and kind of what the golf course looked like but i actually think it ended up being cool for this week and it ended up being cool for a limited field event because uh, I mean, the thing is like an oasis, right? It's like built in like no man's land. Right. They literally, they built the golf course and then they built a bunch of shit around it. Um, it's a, it's like a monument to excess. And I think it works well when you're having this event where like there's no cut, everybody's going to make money. They're putting betting odds on the screen. Um, and yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was in a good place too, as it leads up to this, this fall masters and stuff like that. So I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was cool. The, I had a question. Do they normally have a limited field for these events out in Asia, or is it just like yeah. a thing because of COVID and no, no, uh, it, them having to move the schedule? It, it's limited. Um, both CJ and Zozo were both limited fields. Okay. One at Nine Bridges and then the other one, obviously, in Japan. So it's like uh, it, it was the the idea of getting them abroad, these the higher-end players to you know grow the game or however you want to put that. But, yeah, I mean, I still think it translates really well to using these two courses as a one-off this year. Um, we'll see what happens. Absolutely. Chris, did you get a chance to watch the, uh, CJ cup? I did not, but I've played shadow Creek though. Oh, wow. Okay. Let's get, let's get the bird's eye view from the guy who's played it. Yeah. It's a sick course. I don't, I don't think it's the best showcasing venue for a tournament. No, but, um, I mean, as far as playing, that thing is a treasure for sure. It's just and it, it's it's not it's pretty far from the strip, isn't it? A little bit of a waste. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. Yeah, because I've, I mean, I've I've never been able to play it out there, but and I've played a few courses in Vegas, and actually, it's a kind of a, a sneaky spot with some go- good golf out in that in that area for being in the desert. Um, but uh, yeah, it looked like a beautiful venue, and and Jake, I completely agree. I think you're spot on with your your uh, review there. The match between Tiger and Phil stunk, and I think it was mo- mainly because of the golf, and it was just kind of overhyped. Um, I mean, it wasn't even their money they were putting up for the match, so that was part of the reason it was kind of a bummer. But uh, I thought they did a much better job this week with the tournament. They had a great field, uh, a lot of great talent out there. Terrell Hatton, who's been on an absolute heater, yeah, um, was up around the leaderboard. He had won the week before over in Europe. We had some people like Lanto Griffin, who uh, won last year, like in his first or second start, and other Sebastian Munoz were up around the leaderboard. My boy Russell Henley getting his, uh, you know, yearly top five, and <laughs> and then he's going to fade away from the leaderboard for the rest of the year. Was up there, and then uh, X Man, who has just played some consistent golf over the last year, uh, finished second behind Jason Kokrak. Vinny, uh, you're the one with all the money on the line for the next couple of weeks. What did you think <laughs> about uh, the CJ Cup and uh, at, and being at Shadow Creek? So 
I actually liked the venue. I thought it was a pretty good, um, you know, viewing experience for us on TV. Um, limited field, obviously, a lot of more big names. And I was happy to see that it challenged some of the big names that were expected to go out there and blow it out of the water. Um, the day before, I watched a match with Kevin Na and, and Bubba. And uh, he said he is. And Ben on, that's right. Um, he called him, I don't know if you guys heard this, but Bubba called him Ben Hung on, on live broadcast. <laughs> so <laughs> it, was, uh, it was pretty good. Um, but at the same time, Kevin, uh, a local to Vegas who's, you know, post, like, I think you shot like 36 under last year at like the two Vegas, whatever they were, something like that. And he said it's, it's playing harder than people are going to believe it is. And it, it showed it. Like Matt Wolf got eaten for dinner the first two days. And he was like an odds-on favorite to win. So at that point in time, I just like that it's challenging certain people. And it turned out to be a pretty good venue, even though the winner was at like 20 under. He was at 20 under par. Uh, he shot a closing round 64 on Sunday, yeah. which is super strong to close uh, after Russell Henley started the day with a three-shot lead. Uh, there was a couple other storylines in the field. Brooks Kapka made his return to uh, competitive golf. After taking a, about a month or six weeks off, uh, I personally thought he was coming back too early. I, I didn't. I mean, I know he wants to play in the Masters, but I thought he should have just shut it down for the year and come back completely healthy, 100% next year. He's the one saying, "Oh, I'm good to go." Who knows what he's thinking? Jake, what do you think about Brooks coming back early and uh, you know how he played? Because he played fairly well. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, look, he looked a little bit more crisp than I thought he was going to look. I mean, there was still clearly rust. But, um, I mean, I've been harping all year on I, – I think when we look at what makes Brooks as formidable as he has been in really tough spots is he can be extremely consistent off the tee on really hard golf courses. And that demoralizes the people around them, right? When you're long and you're straight, like, yeah. it, it is tough. And so we didn't see that at the beginning of the year. And I thought we saw some of it here. I Vince and I talked about it last week, and the more I thought about it this week, I think this Bryson thing has lit a fire under his ass a little bit. Um, and I don't know if it means that you're going to get like a bulked up, even more bulked up version of Brooks, but I do think that he's just like, man, I am so tired of them talking about this guy. If there's one thing Brooks likes, it's to be talked about. I agree with that. Chris, I have a question for you. When you're watching these tournaments, and I know you say you didn't get a chance to watch this one, but since you're the teaching pro in the group, are you taking things from all these guys' swings? Are you overanalyzing? You know, like, oh, hey, man, he should maybe do something like that. Because I, I have a buddy who's a teaching pro, and he, I play with him quite a bit, and I always ask him, pick his brain on what he's thinking. Like, even when he's watching me or other amateurs, like, hey, are you thinking, like, oh, they should fix this, or are you just trying to focus on the, on the golf itself? I just like to play. I, I will be. I I will definitely observe, but uh, I definitely take into account things that I feel like they can possibly be better at. But I'm not going to express that on the golf course. I want to just have a good time, get the holes in. If you ask, type thing. Um, but I never want to intrude for sure. Well, I think that you and I have talked about like golf swings from pros, though. That oh, for sure. You know, like that, that we... aspect. Yeah. Not only that we love, but we talked about ones where you'll, you know, you'll say like, okay, this is something that he does really great that, you know, 
could maybe help because you have a similar move or a similar tendency or a similar yeah. shot shape or whatever, which I, I mean, yeah, we talk about that for sure. That's true. That's absolutely true. Definitely dissecting swings like other golf swings, but like as, if right. I'm playing, I guess in a sense, if I'm playing with somebody, I'm not going to, you know, assess their swing as far as telling them what to do or things that I think about their swing. What about if a guy was um, hitting his driver dead down the middle every time and then he asked you if he should buy another shaft? What would you recommend to, to someone like that? No. What are you doing? Mm. Yeah, that's kind of <laughs> what I was thinking too, but, you know, I, I could be wrong. Um, <laughs> Dougie, can I bring up two quick things? Of course. Of course. I just want to bring up um, one of the highlights of my weekend when it came to this this golf was actually – I know we're making fun of Vince for his – constant ability to like find new equipment out of the clear blue sky that the, the, the text that vince sent that said is it me or is russ's move kind of stinky was one of my all-time favorite texts and i thought about it more and more and i was like i gotta watch some more russell henley swings it is not the best move i will agree no, it's like vince it's very one. like around his neck on the follow-through it's like his hands just immediately come across as like so tight. yeah it's yeah. very different. <laughs> but I hey, love, but I he's got three guy. wins on the PJ Tour, so he's doing something right. Oh, yeah. I heard I heard a, uh, somebody describe him as um, the modern day Charles Howell. Like he's never outside the top 100. He's yep. never lost his card. He, wow. he makes he makes a check like every week, yep. and you know he's won here and there. It's like the same idea. It's a good life to live. Let me tell you, that looks yeah. like a nice one. Yeah, he's always in the top 100 in world golf rankings, so he pretty much gets into every field he needs to. Um, and then it's like every other year he's in one, the one world golf championship fields. Cause he's in the top 60 Yeah, he's made $16 million in the eight years. He's been on tour, he's played 201 events and missed and only missed 30 cuts. Wow. That yeah. is That's pretty good. incredible. Yeah. 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 He's got three PGA tour wins. And, and one of them was he took down Rory McIlroy at the Honda and that was in the sick. playoff. Yeah. That's the one that's I sick. remember. Yeah. yeah. Does, um, um, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. I don't mean to, I just had two other notes. I want to make sure we make sure we get to them here. Let's hear it. Do, uh, is it time to start being a little bit concerned about Xander? What are we, what's our concern? All right. So tournament of champions, you know, him and JT and Reed are coming down the stretch. They're all queefing all over each other. And <laughs> <laughs> the only one that has a chance in the, a true chance, a really like a good chance, good putt in that playoff for the first playoff hole, Xander, he played the hole the best misses it and we've seen him get himself in position like three times since then and it's been these like very shaky final rounds that have allowed him not to win do we like is this a thing where we're going to start like lumping xander in with sort of the phenal syndrome that we've talked about um or or what do we think i mean he's still shot like seven under this sunday he didn't hit a fairway for like the the last 12 holes though. I mean, I, if you're asking is he has the the ability to cough one up still? I yes, he still does. <laughs> but at I the same time like you know, if he's just like shooting going out there and shooting even, like I would say like Russ didn't have any closing power on Sunday. Xander still played well. Okay. Man, um I'm not as concerned because he's, you know, he won twice last year. He won WGC, won the Century Tournament Champions. I realize now that's 
you know, there's it's a smaller field there in Hawaii, but still a strong field because it's all winners from the year before prior. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, he's won the tour championship already in his career, and that was back when it, you know, the points were all not the same way they are now. And he's won the Greenbrier, so he's won four events. He finished fifth at the U.S. Open, had a chance there. Finished T two at the Masters last year. I mean, didn't really have a chance to win that one, but kind of snuck in there. Um, I, I mean, I think I, I think golf is just at a, such a good spot right now. It is so right. hard to win. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you look at Kokrak. He's been you know in the top ten for ten years now. It seems like and you'd think a guy that's around the top of the leaderboard in you know in probably thirty events over his career would get one win, and he hadn't. And he finally got one. I think it's just so hard to win on tour right now, and you and and especially in the events like this where you have to shoot six, seven under every round, yeah. it's so hard to be that consistent. Um, I think Xander's one of those guys that he, he wins the tougher uh, events Correct. when you're in a lower um, score to par. Okay. So not as concerned with Xander. I would like to see him win more because I do like him a lot, but uh, I, I'm not on the, uh, on the level of, of 10 right now where I'm freaking out. Yeah, I, I mean – Chris, do you have anything to say before I give my? No, because I'm in agreement. I, I, I'm not. I'm not stressed about Xander for sure. I think I, I agree. I think he'll win on like on a a major type course when it comes. Mm-hmm. Just he kind of grinds it out. Yeah, and I think we've like seen some of that from. I, I'm not concerned either. It's just something that I I wrote down because. I do think he's a guy, and, and maybe it's a, he's like a victim of his own success, right? When you play good a lot in golf, it, it, there's no Tiger anymore. There's no Tiger effect where, like, you play really well. Um, you're clearly, like, you know, playing as one of the best or the best in the field, and then you're going to pull away and win. Um, and I think, like, sometimes he's a victim of his own success because he is up there a lot. And so you expect somebody who's up there all the time to convert more. But that's really – I think, Doug, is, that's what you're getting at, like, it's the, the conversion rate with the depth of golf now is like, a, is, is a lot different. Wait, yes. So, yeah, I mean, I look, a, look at DJ. We thought he was dead and then he rattled off what two or three wins and like six starts. Yeah. So, which, I mean, which makes me wonder if, if that's like still like, like it's almost like, where do you classify Xander? Right? Like we thought DJ was dead. He rattled off two or three wins. I think I, it's because truthfully, like DJ is just a different beast that, you know, he cut, he, he's not tiger but he's also not in the pack of the other guys either. And so it's like, Agreed. I don't know. It's, it's a really, it's a hard question. And I, I just think like with Augusta coming up, that's going to be a good litmus test for how we view Xander. Cause if it's another top five there and not a win, I think some people will look at it negatively, but I, I don't know. For me, I look at it like this, he's on the cusp, like it's going to happen. It's just a matter of which one. Especially um, this year. I think, if he can pull it out this year of all years with the Masters being in November, it mm-hmm. is a very good indicator that the guy is just just like consistent and and he can adapt to pretty much anything. So yeah, yeah. you can't write like him that. off until after. It's a good call. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Of course. What do you guys think about Colin? Or Callum? Well documented yeah. on this pod. Go ahead, guys. <laughs> I'm a fan. I think he's gonna be a star for the next ten years. I think that between him, Hovland, and Wolf, he will win the most. I've said that I think Wolf is going to win more major tournaments. Mm. I think Colin, Colin is definitely you know the top three ball strikers on tour right now, and yeah, and I love love watching him play. 
Yeah, I love Colin. Yeah, so incredible. I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat. I, I just, to me, there's like he's he's like a different sort of level of elite in one particular stat. And if he figures out something else, like he's a very average driver of the golf ball, and he's we we've kind of documented already. He's like a very streaky putter, and if he ever becomes fairly elite at either one of those two things combined with how good and how close he's going to hit it on a weekly basis. I mean, you just, you never know what he could end up being. Cause I, I truly do think that if we're going to look at ball striking, it's like, he's the best to come along in that particular skill since tiger. I do. Really, I truly agree. Think that. I, I, wow. I definitely agree with that. His ball striking. I mean, his iron play is exceptional. His wedge yeah, play is exceptional. something different. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> it is. Well, I mean, it has to be. I mean, he does hit it a long way, but if you're not hitting it 330 every time, you have to be good at something else. And he just excels, which is why he'll be able to contend, I think, because all these other guys are just going to start blowing it by everybody and it's going to be dumb, which we've talked yeah. about with Bryson, yeah. the Bryson effect. But mm. as long as you can sure. still dial in your irons, which is why Sergio has been able to play for so long, same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Stupid, boss. So it's, uh, yeah, no, we love Colin. Um, anybody else have any closing thoughts on the on Shadow Creek or CJ Cup before we move over to Zozo for this week? I have one last thing. You oh, yeah, gotta... your boy fucking Jordan Spieth. Nope, Let's talk no, about it. I'm actually not even talking about Spieth. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about Spieth. That there was a small glimmer of hope because he shot two mid-60s rounds on Saturday and Sunday. I'm not going to talk about that. I actually wanted to give Kokrak one more like props because I feel like you know, we did talk about the fact that it's his first win, a little bit of a journeyman, had a great career, but never win. The way that he stomped on the gas on 18 was low-key nasty. I mean, he absolutely destroys one yeah. on 18T. To, and if he doesn't, like, if he decides to lay back, he probably can't hit to that spot in the green. So, like, that was like a calculated decision, right? He was like, okay, I'm going to just melt one down there, get a wedge in my hand put this thing below the hole off to the right and give myself an easy two putt and walk out of here. And, you know, like Xander missed another fairway, had like a five iron off of a downhill lie. And yeah, it was, you got to give the guy credit, some serious stones for closing that way for sure. That's yeah. My, I love Kokrak. I texted my buddy Drew who went to Xavier and said, Hey, congratulations. <laughs> you have a winner on tour. <laughs> did it. Nice. He didn't respond for like 48 hours. So fuck him. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> Anyways, yeah, Kokrak. I like Kokrak. He's a bet MGM player. Yep. Big Vegas guy. I feel like he'd be a great time to to party with. Um, <laughs> I know he, Kevin Na, and Pat Perez kind of burning down out in Vegas, so good for them. Um, also, he's a, a PXG guy, which I think we've kind of shit on that brand and on the podcast over the last couple months, so good for him. He only plays like six of their clubs, but that's okay. Keep going. <laughs> hey, at least, he, at least he plays some. I mean. Yeah, that's true. Um, all right. Well, congrats to him. We're moving on. We're getting a week closer to the Masters. We are now at the Zozo Championship, which would normally, again, be over in Asia. But because of COVID and other circumstances, the tournament is at Sherwood Country Club, which is in Thousand Oaks, California, Ooh. just west of L.A. It is a Jack Nicklaus design uh, golf course, and it's uh, also actually where they... I think started the Hero World Challenge and they they played there for like 2000 to 2013, mm-hmm. um, where El Tigre has finished first five times, second five times, <laughs> just to uh, throw it out there uh, as he's going for his record breaking win this week. 
Um, now that's a smaller field. I think there's only 20 guys at the uh, Hero World Challenge, although there's only 78 this week. So, you know, things are kind of lining up for my boy. Uh, great golf course. I think everybody is going to be is going to love it, be shocked by, wow, with this golf course, why don't they play here all the time? They should. I agree because it's amazing. Uh, if you have some time, go take a look at it or watch the tournament this weekend uh, because it, it's going to be an absolute firecracker and it's got a great field. Um, you know, going in there as they're, as everybody's prepping for a uh, major season. Cause, uh, as we know, masters around the corner and a lot of these guys probably will not be playing the week before in Houston. I know it's going to be a really good field, but, uh, you know, some of these guys will be the last time we see them tiger definitely. Uh, and, and a few others as we get ready for Augusta in November. Um, guys, let's hear some uh, opening thoughts on Sherwood Country Club and the Zozo Championship as Tiger not only goes for the record breaking, but he's defending this week as well. Uh, Jake, let's go with you. Um, I'm excited to see it. Uh, I think it's going to be, first of all, I love the CJ Cup in Japan. So I know some people are like having it at Sherwood every year. I think it was really cool to have an event in Japan. Uh, and I liked that they were playing it there. But I think it's a good um, solution to bring it to Sherwood, to bring it to the L.A. area, which has a large Asian community anyway, and can kind of represent a little bit that way. Um, but actually, actually, Chris has played Sherwood. He can tell you a little bit more, I think, probably about it. Oh, Whoa. Yeah, take us, take us through Sherwood a little bit, Chris. Number one, beautiful hole. Just straight. Uh, you got to attack that hole mm-hmm. coming out. I mean, there's some, there's just some great holes there, and it's a. I haven't played the tips, tips. I haven't played the bears, but I've played the blacks, and it's a beast from the black. So, um, I think there's going to be some low scores though, because that that course is probably in pristine condition right now. Right. Yeah, I think I think that the other thing about it too is like these guys play so many Nicholas tracks on on tour too you know they kind of know what they're looking for in terms of strategy we've you know talked a little bit about the fact that he's you know he designs a lot for for faders and stuff like that but i think one thing that chris said is definitely is going to ring true it's going to be conditioned really well it'll kind of be a similar setup i think to what you saw at shadow creek where you had really firm fairways guys were hitting pretty far and then greens that were slightly softer and a little bit more moderate and they could kind of attack because realistically I think that that's what these events are for in the fall. It's like a lot of sort of dartboardy things and, and trying to, you know, get low scores and, and that's fine. I think for a low, for a limited field event at a course that we don't see every year, if you want to have a shootout, have a shootout, like it'll be, it'll be cool. Sorry, my bad. I had a uh, ad playing in the background. My bad. Oh, all good. All um, good. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dude, that's awesome. So, so oh wait, Chris, are you from the LA area? Is that why you played all these courses? Or you I am. I used to caddy at Bel Air, so there's a couple gyms that I think they should have some some PGA events at. Honestly, LACC is coming up though. That's yeah. going to be nice to look that's at. That's going to be sweet. Yeah, well, I think we've you know we've and the West Coast golf is the best because uh, you can watch it till like one a.m. It's the <laughs> absolute best thing ever. Yep, yep, prime time. Um, yep. Yeah, I'm excited for that. You, I know we've been talking. We talked a little bit before we went live here. We're, we're trying to figure out where we're going for Ryder Cup 2022 because 21 has been uh, locked in. We'll talk about that soon. We'll announce it to the world. But, um, 
Yeah, we're trying to figure out how to get out to that that area west coast because I think there is some unbelievable golf courses to uh, to see and play out there. Um, well, uh, Vinny, what are you looking forward to the, the most? Do you know anything about Sherwood? Because I, I don't know too much about it. I you know obviously I, I know they played the Hero there a while back, and I've looked through some of the the screenshots. It looks it looks lush. But uh, Vinny, what are you looking forward to? Yeah, from obviously well, I think what I remember of the Hero uh, even then it was like. Uh, Big, big premium on fairways, thick rough under tree lines. Um, you get yourself into a lot of danger, or you can it kind of play smart and safe and uh, take on some greens. And uh, that's what I remember. So I'm, I'm just praying that you know I make the right pick this week. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know I just I don't want to see the big race. I, I want to see golf get harder leading into the masters like as always i want to see some people really kind of shine and you know prove that they're ready for that test it's it's kind of you know three weeks away and um i think some people who are really grinding right now it's going to show so it should be a, another good course to uh you know display that this this might be controversial but i don't think the masters is hard like i i think of all the majors that's the one where Agreed. You know, it's not set up to be hard, and like the lead up to it generally was has never been tough events, which is why I think you're going to see. You saw a shootout last week. You're going to see a, a version of that this week, and then obviously Memorial is sort of a wild card. But I have a gut feeling from the things that I've been reading that those guys are going to just eat that place alive. I, and uh, and yeah, go ahead. Hundred percent. You know better than me. The hundred percent. It's probably going to be the lowest scoring tournament of the year is what is how i'm feeling if for some reason it's completely baked out hard as a rock and they have the pins in the toughest location for four days it may play remotely difficult it's nowhere near as lengthy as some of the courses that they're going to be playing and yeah i think i had said it i don't think it's going to be ready and if or it's going to get eaten for dinner out you know the houston open but i will say this jake I know you don't think the Masters is, like, difficult, per se. Uh, mm-hmm. It has to be mentally taxing oh, for in, sure. in a way that, obviously, none of us really understand. So that's kind of where it's I was the, going with it. I think it's the the easiest major every year, but the hardest to win because it's it's so, like, prestigious and taxing mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. your just entire brain. Um, yeah, all right. So we're back this week in, in L.A., Tiger Woods defending Phil Mickelson coming off his back-to-back PGA Tour champions wins. What a He's scumbag! In the field. <laughs> <laughs> Guy just collecting checks against these guys that are like yeah. seventy-five years old. Um, he's back in the field. Uh, Matt Wolf and Colin Morikawa grew up down the road. They're playing this week. We got some really good. Sorry, Chris. What'd you say? I'm taking Colin. Wow, I'll take Colin. That's his. That's his horse. I like it. Yeah, no doubt. Um, some really good featured pairings. Colin Morikawa is playing with JT and Patrick Reed, and mm-hmm. Vinny's favorite player. Um, <laughs> Webb Simpson, Rory, and Phil Mickelson in a pairing. Rom, Rosie, and Hideki. Who Hideki played really well last year, and Tiger had to kind of fight him off in the final round. And then we got uh, T. Wu with Matt Wolf and Xander Shoffle, which I think is a very interesting and going to be a absolute stunner of a pairing yeah, uh, for the one. first two days. Uh, Shawplay's been hot. Wolf's been hot. Tiger doesn't play anymore. <laughs> Vinny, what, what, were you, what were you saying? So I don't know how Tiger's really going to like that pairing. 
Uh, has you know he what? played with Matt Wolf this year? I have not paired. Not paired. Okay. I mean, that'd be weird. I, I I've noticed this a few times. Like Matt Wolf kind of gets pretty goofy and chatty <clears throat> on the golf yeah. course. Um, I don't know how that's gonna fly with, with Tiger. I think he started to get more and more into that kind of a role as as he's gotten in the last couple of years. Now he talks a little bit more on the course where he's not just absolutely in the zone dialed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you got the Masters coming up. You think he's going to be locked? I think so. I mean, I think he definitely is not playing in any other events before, so he's he's definitely using this as his final prep. I wouldn't be surprised if he flies Sunday straight from here to Augusta for a round or two and then back to Florida before he goes back up. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. I think, I think that's a good, like a good point. But I, I, I mean, Tiger playing in this as whether he's defending or not, I think it was always on the schedule that he was going to have to play something between you know U.S. Open and Masters, and he it just it, we we didn't know what it was going to be. But I think this is the best stop for him, right? It's like right. California kid, you know, at a course he kind of knows can take it easy. There's no cut. He's going to, you know, do his thing. There's really no stress on it. And if all it is is for him to go out there and kind of grind out a competitive round and get ready for something two weeks away, then uh, that might be like a really good formula for him rather than like making his return at, at Torrey Pines with, you know, ankle deep rough and an 8,000 yard golf course, he's <laughs> playing something more manageable. You know what I mean? Which is a good way to ease yourself back in. You're hundred percent right. Uh, let's get in some power rankings for this week and make some picks. So, uh, power rankings, 78 players in the field. Like we said, no cut. Bubba Watson, who actually, I think he shot eight or nine under on Saturday, played really well to kind of get it kind of into the mix. On Sunday, he's 15th. Russell Henley, 14th, my boy. Uh, Harris English, 13th. Victor Hovland, 12th. So, we got the three young guns in the field. Jason Kokrak coming off his win. I'm surprised he didn't just go on a 72-hour bender and say, hey, I'm not playing this weekend. <laughs> but uh, he's there. Morikawa, 10th. Jocko Neiman, who had a decent finish this past week, is ninth. John Rahm, eighth. Patrick Reed, seventh. Rory, sixth. Terrell Hatton, guys on a heater, coming off a win in the top five. Justin Thomas, fourth. Webb Simpson, third. Matt Wolf, second. And Xander Shoffley, the guy who Jake does not think can close, is number one in the power rankings. Mm. Uh, I do not know who you guys took last week, although I did listen to the show, and I know Vince said to bet on Matt Wolf, which would have been the worst bet ever. So <laughs> oh, let's no go doubt. with uh, let's go with Vinny to make your pick this week. Well, I've been holding true. My picks here match my picks in the big pool. I'm taking Terrell Hatton this week. I have him available. He's hot. This could be a huge week for me. I like it, Chris. Wow. You're the you're the guest before before Jake and I take a pick. What 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 are you feeling? You just going I'm, with Colin? Yeah, I'm going with Colin. I like it. You ranked seventh in T to green in strokes gained T to green last year on tour. So he is uh and a SoCal native, so I'm sure he's played here multiple times. He did did he play last week? Yeah, he did. T twelve Shadow Creek. Okay. So he's coming off a, a good form as well. Jakey, what do you got? All right, I'm using some big brain logic on this one, oh, right? Boy. Last year, <laughs> Tiger went to Japan and he won yeah, in Japan. Uh, you're taking Hideki. Exactly. Because Hideki is now going to Cali, so he's going to Tiger's home, and he's going to win on Tiger's turf and establish his dominance. Hideki <laughs> wins. <laughs> That's, I, I said it to Doug. I said, I'm either taking Hatton or Hideki. 
Yep. Hey, the Becky. Just fire. All right. Well, I am. Uh, I'm going since we don't have to. We can still reuse our picks before because when we we start our new little pool pod, pick them in January. I am rolling with Tiger Woods to break the record this week. Wow. And get it done. He has won here five times already. He's going to win a sixth time this week. And actually, uh, if you guys haven't, I would go back and look to how he lost to Zach Johnson in a playoff last time he played here. Because it was absolutely wild. Zach, ZJ hit it in the water on 18. And I remember that. Hold out from his drop in the fairway to force yep. a playoff. Absolutely wild stuff. Um, so... Yeah, I'm going with Tiger. I think this is going to be a great field. I think a lot of people are going to like this course. And and to your point, Jake, I, I like the Asian swing too, but I think that these two courses are going to be so well received that there's going to be uh, an, an issue or a little bit of an uprising, I think, because people are going to want to see these courses uh, more often. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, a lot of other great players in the field this week. It's always fun to watch the no-cut events. I, I generally enjoy it because you get to see guys put together four rounds, and that's another thing that's huge for Tiger is he doesn't have to worry about missing the cut. Right. And he gets four uh, tournament rounds in before he goes to Augusta. Uh, before we move into kind of the second half of our show here, anybody have any thoughts uh, on, the, on the Zozo before we move on? No, I'm good. Chris, if we had to go to California, what, what are the three, three courses you play in that area? Okay. NorCal or SoCal? SoCal. SoCal. Don't tell me like Riv or anything like that because no, I don't think we get it on It has Riv. to be like a public track, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a little pricey, but you got to play Pelican. Pelican Hill. And then you have to – is that – Wait, I may be wrong here. Is that at Pebble? Is that at the no, no, that no, area? No. That's that's Newport Beach. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Newport Beach. Um, man, what's another track you got to play? Public track. <coughs> Rustic. <coughs> Rustic is fire. Rustic is a good course. <laughs> that's a good course, for sure, especially for the money. That's out in SoCal. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like some other like solid, solid public court. Oak Creek. Oak Creek is great track. That's in Irvine. Man. Yeah, I bet there's just so many good courses down in that area. It's gotta be wild. The good, the good courses are the country clubs, which is Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Unbelievably hard to get on. Right. Ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Well what's this, where they played the uh, the PGA was or the US Open was a public course, wasn't it? Um, yeah, Harding Park. But that's yeah. North. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't know. California's too big of a state for me. It's very it's so cheap for uh San Diego residents, but out of town non residents, it's like three hundred bucks. What's that Tory? Yeah. It's way better yeah, than Tory. Tory's a, yeah. But Pebbles Pebbles a resort. Pebbles a resort. Yeah, Tory Tory's like a Muni, they call it, you know? It is a Muni, for sure. You gotta play them though if you're out there one time, you just gotta get it done. Yeah. yeah, I think you would play more of the NorCal courses, like you know, Spyglass. Um, you got. Yeah, I mean, you got to do the Pebble area once. Got to play Pebble. What's that one up there? Pacific Grove. People talk about I've Pacific Grove. Yeah, I heard Try. that's pretty dope. Yeah, there's some, there's some, you know, a lot of better public courses that are just beautiful out in NorCal. 
Yeah. Well, it's funny. I mean, anytime you go anywhere, you like, especially when we do our Ryder Cup trips, I always do some research and Jake and Vinny are better than I am at this, but they're always sending me, they're like, we got to play at these places. I'm like, I haven't even heard of this place until you get there. And you're like, wow, this place is incredible. Like Mid Pines, I had never heard of that place. So we went last year and that place was, oh man, it's my have favorite guys, golf course I think I've ever played. Have you guys done the Bandon trip? We have not. It was, uh, it's a hot topic of debate yeah. for our Ryder Cup. The problem with Bandon, and from what I've heard, we have a guy on our team, Richard, who's probably the best player on our team, although he's played like absolute dog shit the last two months. Um, <laughs> uh, he uh, <clears throat> he has been out there with another group. They do like a yearly trip, and they went out there probably two or three years ago. Um, and he said it's obviously it's about a blast because it's everything golf, but it's a pain in the ass to get to from what I've heard unless you kind of fly into the airport there. or uh, And it's, it's really expensive. So, it, you know, for... For some of us, that's not an issue. For some people, it is, and and it's a hike too. For especially Jake and the guys that are on the East Coast, and we've got some guys that are down in in Florida. So you know they're traveling all the way across the country diagonally, and that's just a it's a it's a scheduling issue. But you know something we'll definitely do. It might be worth going just like six or eight of us at one point, not uh, taking right, the whole right. group. It might be the easier way to do it. Agreed. Have you been out there, Chris? I have not been to Bandy. It's near Portland, right? Isn't that where you fly into Portland or Seattle? It's uh, Portland and then like three hours towards the coast. Right. So it's either that or you fly into like a. Yeah. Like a basically a shack with a with a runway. I will say, though, the U.S. Amateur this year showcased it pretty damn well. Yeah. Yeah. But you're the same guy, too. who's like, I don't know if I want to go out there and get beat the fuck up for (laughs) four days. I, I agree. Like, you find me the best four days, and those are the four days. <laughs> <laughs> Just look at the week in advance. <laughs> yeah. He's going to check the weather. <laughs> nice. Yeah. No, you know, I think for for I don't want to get off topic, but for for Ryder Cup issue, we're we're looking, you know, somewhere in the Midwest probably this year. Um, and I think we may be looking. I think we want to do RTJ at some point because it's just a tr- cheaper trip, and you can kind of go around. Uh, Alabama, Florida area, Mississippi, and play some good courses. And and Tom, the other captain on on the other team, his team is from that area, so you know it's a, easier for them to get to. Um, and then I can't remember what's the name of the course in Florida that you and Jake and Vince you were looking at going to for a little bit. Stream song. Stream song is on the on the list. Um, I have some stream song news if you want it. Oh wow, let me hear it. So stream song, people's biggest complaint about going to stream song is that it's like run by a bunch of different companies so it's like kind of hard to get the full-on resort feel where you get a pass and you play all these courses and everything you do the inclusive packages and all this stuff uh-huh. it just got um just changed hands in terms of ownership and so there's a company coming in i don't remember who exactly it is but basically their goal is to like bandonize it and to turn it into you know like a premier resort for that area with multiple courses short courses cool. you know things to do when you're not on the golf course which currently it has very little of that so, yeah, I think Streamsong itself will be getting quite an upgrade in the next couple of years to kind of change it into something different. Yeah, yeah I knew they I were kind of moving that. that. Yeah, I knew they were kind of moving that direction because I, I knew they were looking at building another golf course and they had yeah. like already secured land for like a second additional one and they're moving that way. So, yeah, that's, that's super cool. I know Vince and I have a, a girlfriend of ours that uh, has played there. And she kind of said the same thing. She said it's it's fun if you're doing golf, but there's nothing else to do. It's in the middle of nowhere. 
Um, but uh, for our trips, that's awesome, and it's and it's pretty close to Tampa. So um, that one's on the list. We got to find somewhere out in West Coast. Vegas will be on the list at some point. We want to do a trip to Scotland, Ireland. Although Vince won't fly across the uh, the ocean, so we're gonna we'll, lose him for that one. Nah, we'll drug him for that one. Yeah, I can make it there. <laughs> Maybe if we'll we see. get like a couple. Well, Nicole will probably listen to this. Never mind. Never mind. Keep it PG. Keep it PG. Wow, Doug, you hit the brakes hard. I like it. Great job out of here. I knew exactly where he was going with that too. Sad part. Uh, that's so uh, funny, man. You know what I was gonna say? Utah is a beautiful place this time of year. If I go out to Utah, uh, no, no, no. Uh, I know Phoenix Scottsdale's on the list too. So there's, I mean, there's so many great golf courses. It's um, yeah, it's so hard to do it, but we try to do our best job, and I think we've done a, a fairly decent job the last couple of years. So. Um, so yeah. All right. Well, Chris, we appreciate you hopping on, man. We're going to talk a little bit about our club championship. If you want to hang around and, uh, and ask questions or poke fun at Vinny or myself, feel free. We got to hop out. Um, kids, but I appreciate you guys for having me, man. Absolutely. Thanks, Chris. We appreciate it. We appreciate it, man. Thanks buddy. Got to play soon. Yeah, definitely. Come on down to Houston. All right. Have a good one. Chris. See you, bud. All righty. Okay, cool. Good guy. Glad we had him on the show. Yep. We need to, uh, yeah, we got to play next time. Either I come up or you come down or they, he comes down. Well, he's, he lives in California right now. Oh, really? I thought he was in, uh, out. oh, okay. Because his yeah, wife's he, in the military, right? He, he, right? he was here, and he was, like, living here alone while she um, uh, moved back for an assignment. And then he was going to hang here longer, but, it, you know, it's tough on the family, so he decided to, to go yeah. back earlier. Cool. Which is cool. So we've just, yeah, we've been. We got a hookup plug out there then. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Where in California I mean, is he living? He's in um, Sacramento right now, but okay. like realistically, his connections are in Sacramento and LA. So cool. Yeah. Is he uh, working in the golf or doing something else right now? Uh, I think he's doing a little bit of both. I think he's still working at um, teaching out there somewhat. Okay. And then he's doing his online stuff. And I think he's just trying to kind of do a bunch of things until he lands a permanent spot awesome good yeah. for him yep uh, all right all right well let's talk club championship the pine forest oh, yeah. club championship guy uh, i can't tell you guys how locked in i was on this shit if this shit was on tv i would have never left the house i was on golf genius like clicking through oh, yeah checking the scores i was i just was so ready i cannot wait to hear about the Pine Forest Club Championship. Um, all right. So before we get into our actual match, okay. I want to I say a couple of things. So first of all, Vince and I have played in, I don't know, two or three. And I'm, I got air quotes. You can't see me. Air quote. Wildcat Club Championships. All right. So Wildcat is my dad's course in Houston. We've talked about it. They have, they actually have a decent amount of members. They got about 100 members. It's semi-private. But um, every year for the Club Championship, one, they do it in December. So it's freezing. And two, it's probably, you know, only about 20, 25 guys. So the competition is not that great. It's been, you know, Manny, myself, or Richard that's won it the last probably seven years. So um, so I had never been involved in a real club championship. No offense to my father. Um, where, you know, Pine Forest has got 650 members. We've got over the last year, you know, people like myself and Vince included, and others, Tom and Patty, that are you know our age and in their low 30s, upper 20s, really good players have joined the club. So we've probably got, I don't know, 50 guys that are from a 
our, our number one guy is a plus six handicap to probably a, a 10 or 11. So we've got a, you know, fairly solid group of players at the club. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vinny was able to join and get into the club championship, which was amazing. And uh, we were kind of going back and forth. We were like, we knew we wouldn't be in the top flight. I was, I was hoping to get into the second flight, although I was looking on the list and I wasn't really sure. So the way they do it is you sign up and you either sign up for the top flight, whether you're going to be in it or not. That just means you want to play gross or you sign up for the handicapped flights. Well, apparently what happened was we have a couple of our good guys who are older who do not want to play gross anymore. So they want to play on the handicap flight. One, they're a bunch of bitches for doing that. But two, that also <laughs> flip-flops some things so you can't really figure out what's going on. So because of that, I fell into the second bracket, okay. uh, second flight. So I was the four seed in the, in the second flight. The number one seed in our flight's name was uh, Logan. He joined a couple months ago as well. He's our age. He was a 1.7, 1.6. So that was the cutoff to get in uh, from being the bubble boy who had to play a plus six handicap in the first round or being the number one seed in, in our bracket. Um, so I was the four seed. I think I'm playing off like a 2.4 right now, 2.5. And it just so happened that because of the way the chips fell, the guy who got the 13 seed was our good friend, co-host on the show, good buddy of mine, just moved out of the house. Vinny Hanjibers Scaliti yep. was given the 13 seed, which we found out Thursday at noon, which was 20, literally 24 hours before we were supposed to tee off for our, for our first round. <laughs> Not match. even. Oh, yeah, exactly. Okay. So, yeah, Friday was a noon start. So um, that was my only concern. They did a fantastic job running the tournament. It was very well run. They did it all on, on Golf Genius, like you said, Jake. Also at our website, you could check it out on. It was all up-to-date, live updates. Fantastic. They did a great job with that. We had eight flights. I think we had 80 guys this year play, which they said was like 40 more than they had ever had in our history. So we got some deep fields. We got some players. um, And we had a lot of fun. So before we jump into the actual round, Vinny, you want to give your thoughts, what you were thinking going into the rounds, uh, and then I'm going to give mine, and then we'll talk about our actual match. So you wow. were Thursday, twelve oh one. We get the email. Vince is the thirteen seed. Who are you playing? Best member at the club, Doug Stevens. What are you thinking? Well, you and I have played so many rounds of golf together. Yep. It's, like, it's kind of, I don't know if it was, it hurt me or did or helped me, but I didn't have you know as much stress playing my first round against you after being a member for three days than I probably would have playing against some member I didn't know, which. I still played like shit, but I really didn't feel that pressure. And the second round, I was settled in a little bit. I just started terribly. So, yeah, no, um, I, I don't. I think it was good for me. Maybe good for you too, because you got to settle down and then push your way through the bracket um, after kicking my ass. So, no harm, no so, foul there. Uh, so, groundbreaking news. Then we'll get back into the club championship news. Presser just released: Tiger Woods considering playing in the Houston Open. The week before the Masters this year. Wow. Whoa. Holy shit. Buying my tickets tonight. You better I, do it because at, at midnight they go to the public and they will be absolutely gone yeah. if this is true. Well, I'm, I'm 100% you, getting you a Friday ticket, this. Doug. Yep, do it. Uh, Saturday, I'm out. Friday, I'm in. Wow. All right. That's groundbreaking that news right there. Holy groundbreaking shit. Groundbreaking news right there. Wow, amazing. Okay. Um, yes, back to the club championship. Vince, I think you're 100% right. So I was thinking about it now that we've played our rounds. 
I, I think it absolutely helped me because you go into a match where you play with your, your best friend, your buddy who you've played a thousand rounds with. It, although it's competitive because it's a club championship and you're also playing with two other guys that are in your bracket, you know, that you could eventually play. Um, but, you know, no real butterflies for me. It was more of just like a, a more casual golf round. And I wanted you to play well. I wanted myself to play well. I think as the round went on, I got more and more into it because I, you know, I started to feel like, okay, well, now we got to set ourselves up to play additional matches. Um, we knew going into it that we were going to be guaranteed a second match basically like a consolation bracket. We didn't know, however, they do like a full on consolation bracket too. So you could make a, you could make a run there and play, you know, another three matches. Cause we had 16 in our, our bracket. You could play, uh, you know, starting in the consolation with eight, four, and then final. So you could have played another three matches. So um, again, that's how well run it was. But um, yeah, it was, it was very interesting for me. It wasn't like a, cause I, you know, obviously I wanted to beat you cause you, well, one, cause you're my buddy, but too, because I also needed to get in, wanted to get in the round of eight, but it was also a little bit weird for me. Cause it was like, I think Vince said to me at one point, like I hit a good shot. He's like, I almost don't even want to say good shot, but I have to, because like, we're just so used to playing together. We're friends. Uh, and it's just like a normal round of golf. We're playing together. Um, but yeah, you know, Vinny started a, a little slow. He got back into it. Um, I think I was up three through eight. Um, you know, neither I was playing fairly decent. I was probably two over at that point. Vince was five or six over. It let a sh- couple shots get away from him. Hit a couple hosel rockets. Yeah, I did. Um, that was the worst part of the day. Which on number one, I mean, Vinny striped it off the tee on one, laid up to a perfect yardage, and then hit a hosel, which was was no bueno. And I had I hit it two feet, I guess, right before him too. So I guess you know he had to, he knew what he had to do. But um, so we got I got off to a, be- a good start, better start than Vince, and then. Um, I think I won the second hole as well. And then I was up two through two. I was up three through four. Uh, and I think Vinny maybe have gotten one back and then I won seven or eight. So I was up three through eight. But then Vinny uh, won nine and won ten, I think. So I must have been up four. Yeah, you were Because after you were ten, Vinny was the- down two. Yeah. Uh, and then I think I won 11 and 12. Uh, and then Vince hit one of the best shots I've ever seen in my entire life on <laughs> 13 on 14 which is a short par four it's one of my favorite holes on the golf course uh it's number five on or number four on gold so we have three nines upon forest we don't play one of them for any member events which i i don't know why but um and it's i think my favorite golf course i think benny can say the same um it's a short par four got a big gap tree shoot off the tee vince hit pumped it right into the trees um we get up to the ball and, you know, the match is, if I win this hole, it's dormy. And Vince looks at me and he goes, I'm going to hit the old under over shot here. And I was like, you're going to do what? <laughs> it was like 120 God. yards. I would have paid money to be there. Go ahead. And he pulled it off. He hit it under the first tree, over the second tree. <laughs> it bounces once and stops three feet from the pin. <laughs> God, the member, the one member we were playing with, looks over and he goes, "What the fuck? How did that happen?" I mean, it was it was one of the best shots I'd ever seen out of anybody in the circumstances. In him, you know, a little bit of pressure on matches getting tight there, and yeah, he it was it was pretty awesome. Um, So we get into the next hole, which makes it the second best thing ever. Vince is now three down with four to play. 
no, three down with five to play, actually. So he's giving himself a little bit of breathing room. And par five, definitely gettable. I think the only par five that is gettable on the course, maybe one on gold, but that's besides the point. It's the only one I've gotten home in. Yeah, so Vince hits his tee shot, pulls it a little left, but not far enough left to hit it OB, so it stays right inside the car path. There's some trees blocking his second shot. I hit mine, pump it down the middle. I'm still a little bit behind Vinny because... You know, Benny hits his driver straight. Now he puts a new shaft in. Doesn't matter. Um, I'm I'm probably 15 yards short of the green, maybe 10 yards short of the green. Uh, Vince has probably got 220 to the hole, but he is blocked out by trees. So I could, you know, I, I've played enough rounds with Vinny. I I can see what's going on in his head. He's either like he's thinking, all right, I'm going to either try to hit this three wood and try to hit this big draw to the green, or I'm going to punch out and play safe. Well, tried to punch out and play safe, and he hit the old hosel rocket with the five or six or five or four iron, whatever he had, straight across the fairway. He just punched it too far, and it left him, he was probably, I don't know, 180 to the hole, but behind a bunch of trees. Again, he's on the right side of the fairway. I am sitting in the cart, uh, probably (laughs) six (laughs) yards away from Vinny. Oh, no. Vinny looks at me. I think he's like, all right, I'm going to try to punch it or try to go over. I think he tried tried to go with the punch. Yep. Hits the shot. Dead off the tree in front of him. Flushed. Not only did he flush the tree, but the ball, normally when you hit the tree, it comes back like it's going to kill you. It was like it hit a pillow off the tree (laughs) and just like barely rolled back to Vince to like exactly where he was standing when he hit the first shot. So then he doesn't even think about it. He hits the shot again. Flushed it. This time flushes the tree, comes back, hits me in the cart. Oh my god. And he goes, "All right, Doug, you got the hole." <laughs> so so uh, one of the best two hole stretches that you had ever seen. Uh he goes from hitting it in the trees 120, the hardest shot I've ever seen. One of the best shots I've ever seen from anybody. Don't care who you are. To two or three feet, tap in birdie, to get back in the match. Then he uh, hits a tree twice in a row. One comes back to his feet. The second one pegs the cart, almost breaks my leg. Um, was incredible. It was a lot of fun playing Vinny in the first match. I appreciated it. I wish that we could have played further along in the in the bracket, maybe in the yeah. second or third round, because um, that would have been fun too. But I, I, you know, it was one of those things where when you play your friend in the first round, especially a guy you play with that much. It was more of a, uh, a, a, not as serious, and it helped me, I think, get into the, the tournament, which um, you know I appreciate. And I, and I felt bad because you never want to play your friend, you never want to, uh, you know, beat them like that. But when that's what you have to do to move on, you got to do it. And uh, yeah, it was. I mean, it was pretty tough because as soon as the pairing came out, it wasn't like I didn't know my fate, but at the same time, <laughs> it's like I had to play. A pretty damn good round uh, right. to beat you. So, and I think well, we yeah, talked a yeah. little here nor there. It was, you know, at this point in time, play some good golf, kind of thing. Well, I, I think we go ahead, Jake. No, I was just gonna say, like, I think from my own experiences having similar situations in tournaments and stuff uh, at my club, I think the hard thing is, is like you get yourself so competitively hyped when you sign up for things like this. And you're like, you're trying to tap into all these things that you've 
competed in your in your life, you know. And then when you go to play your your buddy, the hardest thing to do. And Vince kind of talked about it. Like I don't know if I should be saying like good shot or whatever. For me, the hardest thing to to do is to like not have it be the routine round of golf. Like you're really trying to do something different. And like, if you're a good player, I think it's really helpful because you can just kind of fall into your routine and kind of play your thing. But if you're, if you're maybe not the better of the two players in your friend group, I mean, you're, you're like, you get in a grind, you're trying to get in a grind mode and it's really hard to do. Um, I just know that that's like my own thing that I go through, but yeah, I think if it was like later on in the tournament, it would have been interesting to see. Yeah, and you know, it's one of those things where we, because we talked about, we actually, we had a bit of a dilemma too. We, um, Tom, which I guess we should have led at the start of the show. Tom got engaged on Friday. So oh, congratulations to, to him. Yeah, big, big congratulations to him. He's the head coach, head captain for the other team. He's been on the show twice. Everybody, you know, those that have been listening know who Tom is. So congrats to him. But the engagement was at like 6.30 or 7. We had to be kind of south of town. Um by a certain point. So we were in a little bit of a rush and we knew, you know, we were hoping we weren't going to have to finish the match, um, uh, that someone would win, you know, four and three, five and four, whatever. So we could get out of there a little bit early. Uh, then we had some rain come through in the morning, which luckily didn't postpone things, but, uh, you know, made it a little bit wetter out there, made it the course a little bit tougher. Um, but yeah, it was one of those things where, well, one, I guess Vince should not have been in my bracket. So one, I, I feel bad for him for that because I think he had a chance to win the, the next flight because those are the guys that would have been around his handicap. Um, you know, probably I, I think my flight should have been really like scratch to like four and a half or five. Mm-hmm. And then Vince would have been, you know, a top three seed, top four seed in the in the third flight, which would have given him a chance. Yeah. Um, not that he didn't have a chance in our in my flight to play me. I, you know, if he had maybe played somebody else, he could have had a chance. But like he said, and you know, he'll I, I think he'll be honest with you on this. Is it's the same thing if I play the six handicap. You have to play your best round. Yeah. To to have a chance, and that person has to play a lousy round. Uh, it's just really tough, uh, especially because you know I think Vince is like a six handicap. I'm a two, so that's four shots there that I should normally beat him by if we both play. Our average golf do we well I, I went back and looked at the handicap so you mentioned it briefly but jake the first that's 16 people which was the first flight was a plus six mm-hmm. to a 1.2 mm-hmm. and then the next flight was logan i think 1.7 doug you said and then the 16th seed in our flight was a 6.7 yeah that's like a massive yeah gap which, in and and he he, Logan even said to me on the, so we'll get into it. I played him in the semifinals because I got that far. We'll talk about the next match in a second. But he told me that uh, it, was, it wasn't really that fun for him because he, he won like eight and seven. Uh, yeah, he, just you like know, he smoked them. Right. And, and, uh, okay. and, some, and all of us kind of prop up our handicaps a little bit, especially when you get down to a certain threshold, I think. Once you get like under a three, uh, especially because like our Saturday games are handicapped. At the club, right. there are some gross things, but there's some like your stable food points and stuff like that. So, like you'll you'll prop up your handicap a little bit. So Logan's probably you know closer to a scratch, which is probably closer to where I am too. But so it's you know it's when it shows on the handicap, it's really a seven shot gap. It's probably more like a ten shot gap for those guys. Um, which yeah, it just is not fun for the sixteen seed. It's not fun for Logan. Um, 
but uh, you know it's part of it's it, you the match is set up you got to play that person you got to beat them and move on and so that's that's golf yeah i don't yep. i think we've mentioned it i don't see a lot of people getting down to 1.2 who aren't pretty true um right. but i bet there's a lot of people in the 7 range 7 to 10 that's probably not as, as oh, 100% true. like tom for sure for sure so yeah, like, like one point two, like even Richard, like he's like a plus point three. Um, you know, he's a true scratch golfer. And Logan and yourself, it, watching you guys play, very similar. Like you can feel that around the shots they hit and their demeanor. That's like you just know that they're going to go out and shoot pretty much even all the time. So yep. So uh, so that happened. We had a lot of fun. Um, was fun to get into the match. Vince lost, uh, I think, four and two, three and two, and uh, but then we got him into the consolation bracket. I played the five seed in in our bracket, which is a guy Brent, who I've played a couple rounds with. He's like right around my handicap, um, you know, probably five or so years older than me, but a steady player. Uh, and we set up to play him on Saturday morning. We went out. We stayed out late for Tom's engagement party we got fairly drunk i did not drive thank you patty and his wife for driving me down there and back um but by the time i got home it was like 12 o'clock 12 30 and we had to get up at like six for our eight o'clock tea time so it was a late night to then go play potentially 36 holes so i played the five seed we played uh with the one and the eight seed in our group who uh was Logan was the number one seed. I can't remember the eight seeds guy's name, but um, we played a match that was very frustrating. I don't think either one of us played very well, but uh, it was one of those matches where he won the first hole. I won the second hole. He won the third hole. I won the fourth hole. I won the fifth hole. He won the sixth hole. I don't think there was any tied holes until like the 14th or 15th hole wow. where at that point I, t- I took a one up lead through 15 uh, I had a couple chances on like 11, 12, 13 to go two up. And uh, I had like a three putt, I think, from 15 or 20 feet on 11 or 12. Uh, he had an unbelievable up and down on 13. So there was a couple holes on the back nine that I almost let the, the that match get away from me. Um, was able to get one up on 15. I made a birdie, kind of like Vince's, from the trees uh, that... <laughs> I had like 115, 20 yards. This tree's in front of me. I was, and it was not like where I was, it was right in front of me. It was probably 10 yards in front of me or 15 yards in front of me. So I had to play something low underneath and try to run it up. I hit a pitching wedge, tried to punch it or nine iron, and I hit it too high. It went through the tree. I said, please do not hit the tree. It missed every single branch, every single leaf. Landed in front of the green, rolled up to like two feet. So I had a tap in birdie. <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, had a couple good breaks, which you need in, in a match like that. And uh, was able to get a push on 16, push on 17. And then on 18, he hit his tee shot into the left rough, probably you know only 135 yards in. I was right behind him. Um, I hit, uh, no, he must have been closer than that because I had a wedge in. So I was by 110, he was 105, but from thick rough. He hit this shot that landed probably 15 yards in front of the green and just knuckled up the entire way to the hole. Had a tap in for birdie. I actually had a full lip from 35 feet 
oh. to to win the match on 18. So we had to extend the match to the 19th hole, which is a par five, number one. I ended up winning. I think I made par. He made bogey. Uh, you know, to be honest, he made it a little easy on me. After his tee shot, he uh, had to manufacture some shots. Hit one way left on two, and then his third shot, he kind of hit way left as well. Did well actually to make bogey. Uh, and <laughs> I had like a seven footer for birdie that, to be honest, was below the hole, and I hit by about five feet, four and a half feet, and I was like, oh god, here comes a three putt. But made it, won the match. Had about seven minutes till the semifinal match. But uh, Vinny, you want to talk anything about your your consolation match about the guy you played? Not really. Um... I mean, it's a consolation bracket. It's pretty tough to get yourself, like, hyped, even though you want to represent yourself as a brand-new member. Um, again, it had only been my second 18 out there in four weeks. Um, so, like, I hadn't seen the course that much. But at the same time, I started really terribly slow. I think we started... Uh, I started one down and all square through, like, six. And then I lost... I threw five, and then I lost six holes in a row. So I was six down. Um, the other match in my group ended up ending after, on the 11th hole. I think that was eight and seven, uh, a straight-up ass-kicking. And then uh, I won four holes in a row, and again, uh, hit a good drive, hit a wedge short of the green, so I like, short-sided myself to hit a shot over a bunker. Um, well, I guess that's like 14 on gold. And he hit one up into the tree, landed in the bunker, went up and down for bogey. Uh, and I very naturally, off a tight lie, bladed a wedge and lost the match. So <laughs> after winning four holes in a row, uh, I then throw it away. Yeah, it's, it's we, very natural of me. We got to get the uh, we got to get the wedge doctor in with Vince ASAP. Oh, it's been so bad. I will state yeah. it, it was pretty tough. I was about 40 yards shorter than the guy I was playing and about 100 yards shorter than the guy I would have played had I won. Um, I had, had a guy yeah. in my group hitting his driver about 340 to 360 off the tee. He was carrying... Uh, he was carrying. Bryson was out there? He was carrying creeks and stuff that's not in play for pretty much anyone. Um, wow. Yeah, it was, it was very freakish. He would pull his driver on holes that people are hitting irons off of, and he would just hit it over everything, two holes to the left, and then play it from there. So it was uneventful to watch, but at the same time, uh, he he made a lot of pars just because he was so close to so many greens off the tee. Right. That's all I got, man. I got knocked out. I went inside. I had a beer, and... Uh, what did you, you think about your first? Uh, I mean, because you're you know brand new to the club. What did you think about your first uh, member event? No, actually, I think it's really good. And there's a lot of there's a lot of like young members, pretty cool working professionals. Um, I love that it, it's competitive in a way that they've brought in people who want to keep it that way, young guys who want to do it, and uh, that, that's like really good for the future of the course itself. Um. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm more than happy. I, at the at the end of the day, I'm not too too stressed about how I played, and uh, you know, get a few normal rounds out there, stress free, and I don't know, redeem myself next time. Uh, I I think you're 100 percent right, and this is not a, a, a um 
just to like show off because we're at the country club now, but we have the best greens in Houston. It's not even close. hundred uh, percent. Um, it, they are so good right now. They're so true. They're fast. They're, it's amazing. So Jake, when next time you come down, I can't wait for you to get out there and try them. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, you know, agreed. I think just from like the three or four months I've been there, I've gotten a lot better. I think it helped me, you know, call, down the stretch when I needed to make a couple of birdies to qualify for the, Houston amateur. And then also, you know, put together the two best rounds I've played in the actual amateur. Um, and we have, like Vince said, we have a lot, we've got 40 year guys or so that are probably within a couple of years of us and are all very good. And, you know, that just makes it more fun for everybody and it helps you get better quicker. So, um, so yeah, so I played in the semifinal match against Logan. He was the number one seed in our bracket. Um, the top four seeds in our, our uh, flight got through to the semis. The other match was a guy named Robert uh, and the guy named Todd. Robert uh, was the three seed. I've played a couple rounds with him, taller guy. I wish I'd taken a video of him. He uh, creates the most lag I've seen out of anybody. It's like a slow back, but he absolutely murders the ball on the way down. Uh, so great swing from him. Todd, I had never met Todd before. He also played well. He actually ended up winning. Todd did. I think on 15 or 16, Robert let a couple of shot uh, holes on the back nine get away from him. But um, Logan and I had a interesting match. Um, a little bit of a pillow fight from both of us at different times. I think in Vinny's match, I shot like 77 or 78. In the second match, I made I made three or four birdies on the back, so I, I probably shot somewhere around 73 or 74 for the second match. The third match, I started three down through three. I uh, made bogeys on the first three holes. He made pars, so it's not like he even made birdies. He didn't really have to do anything. He just played well enough to get it done. I made a unconventional birdie on four, which is par five. I have, it was just off the green, maybe like 25 feet or so. And it just had enough pace that it limped in over the front edge. So I got one back there. And then the next hole, which is a par three, normally from the tips, it's like 220. Uh, we were playing up a box and a half or so, and it was probably only 170 or 160. And they had the pin in the worst action, worst possible position. And for two rounds I played there on Saturday, eight guys. The best score I saw was a bogey. Uh, so I made double both rounds, lost the whole mm. both rounds. I think it was just in a horrible pin position uh, placement. It was right on the front of the slope. So if you were above the hole, you were fucked unless you hit the pin. You're below the hole. You had to try to two putt because if you hit it past the hole, you couldn't make the comeback or it was a nightmare. Um, there was a couple pin placements like that, but I, I enjoyed some of the challenge. Um, so he got back to three up there and then I won the next two holes to get to one down. And then he won the next hole with a birdie. So I was two down at the turn. And then I won 10. Actually, Patty showed up. So thanks to Patty uh, to just root me on and drink in the cart with me. Uh, I won 10 and 11. So I got back to even, all square. And then we both made pars. We were both playing well. So after about the sixth or seventh hole, we started playing. I mean, we weren't making too many birdies, but we were making a lot of pars. Uh, 13th hole both made pars 14 hole both made pars 15 which is the par five that vinnie pegged the tree twice uh logan hit it in two in the greenside bunker just got out of the trap he had a really bad lie actually great just to get out and then he had probably like 30 feet for birdie 
I had limped my birdie putt up to gimme uh, for par. He hit this putt. If it had not hit the flag stick and fallen in, it would have been it would have gone 50 feet past the green. Wow. So big swinger, big momentum swinger for him. He got one up there with like four to play, uh, three to play. We tied seven, 16 and 17. I actually had a really sick up and down on 17 to extend the match. Had to hit this flop shot from in front of the green over the trap with the pin was short-sided and landed it and like it trickled up right next to the hole. Made par. And then on 18, which is a dogleg right, it's a really good finishing hole. We both pumped our tee shots over the tree, which puts you in the middle of the fairway. It's kind of a risk-reward. You either go left of the tree, leave yourself like 140, 150 out, or you have like 90 yards in. So... I was all jacked up because my short game had, had kept me in the match. I had 93 yards in on 18. There is the champ. The two championship flight matches were right in front of us. So there was, by this time, all the guys that weren't playing anymore were out around the 18th green watching the championship match. Well, then stood around to watch our match. Uh, so there was probably like 30 people around the green at this point. Uh, the head pros there, a bunch of guys. I have 93 yards. I say to Patty, no wind. I said, I have either 58 here or 54. And if I hit my 58 full, I don't think I can get there. If I hit my 54, I got to hit like this knockdown shot. I don't know if I can get close. It's got to spin right. And he goes, you're jacked up. Hit the 58 full. I whacked the 58, flushed it. It landed six centimeters from the flag stick. My God. Hopped once in front of the or back behind the pin and spun back. And I knew it was close because all 30 guys jumped and yelled, Oh, because it just rolled over the, the pin. It, I thought I hold it. Oh it rolled back God. to about eight feet. And then to Logan's credit, uh, he had played well in the back nine. He hit it to about 10, eight or 10 feet. He made his birdie putt. It did not matter. But uh, that's how it ended. I was exhausted. I was glad. Um, I got three matches in, however, got some experience. I love the, uh, just loved all the competitive nature. I know this episode has run a little long, so I apologize, but, uh, yeah, looking forward to uh, playing more matches there and, uh, looking forward to watching some, uh, some golf this weekend. Hopefully Tiger comes to Houston. That would be incredible. So that's what I got. It was a fun weekend, Jake. Wish you could have been there to, to, to witness. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I was Believe me, I was tuned in. I, w- I was on the Golf Genius thing, just checking on your match with Vince and checking on your matches after that and getting all the updates. And, yeah, it was it was dope. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it seems like it was really kind of a cool thing and, and well run. Yep. It was. I definitely it, agree. Yeah. It, it was a lot of fun. So, yeah, looking forward to next year. We have the member guests next year, too, which I've heard is crazy, and guys are always passing out in the locker room. <laughs> uh, from from the night before, and so I'm I'm looking forward to that as well. Maybe we can get you down, Jake. Actually, for the uh, the member, yeah, I think we'll it's in see. the summer. I'm pretty sure it's in oh, the there summer. There you go. There you go. So uh, we we'll get you down for that, and you can play with Benny. So there we go. I like it. Um, all right, guys. Well, I appreciate it. Longer episode today. I'm back in the booth. Season three. Excited to do it. We're gonna have some try to get some guests in and do some more stuff like with Chris and other people. So look for that. Um, get prepped for the Masters in in three weeks. Enjoy everybody's weekend. Daylight savings time is next week. So uh, enjoy the last weekend of having the full golf late. So uh, take advantage of that if you can. And uh, Vinny, why don't you take us home? 
Uh, all right, ballers. It's been a long one. Everybody's still awake, though. We, uh, we're all going to get out and play this weekend, I hope. Jake, you can give us the full yep. recap of uh, the new course next week. Will so everybody sure. stay tuned for that. Um, but if you ballers are going to go out and play, things just don't go right on the first tee. Don't forget to reload one. Hit that breakfast ball. I'm probably going to be doing the same on Friday. That way I can watch the Zozo Saturday and Sunday. All right. We'll be talking to you. Thanks again. Thank you.